Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at Talk 90 and my co-host is Jade. Hello, I'm Jade, you can find me on the internet at Rose, and I use they, them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Today, we are continuing our discussion of Megamorphs 3, Elfangor's Secret, but this time uh, with some of our friends. Uh, so please welcome back to the podcast, Dirk. Hello, I am Dirk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PF underscore Diva. Sometimes I don't actually post on my Twitter a lot. I use they, them pronouns. Pleasure to meet you. And Salty. Hello. Um, my handle is the Salty Professor on Twitter and Instagram. Although, like Dirk, I'm, you know, I could... Uh, I could stand to to show up more often on those, but I do, I do, I do come through, um, and yeah, happy to be back. All right. Uh, as a reminder to the listeners, uh, some book-specific content warnings for this book include racism, sexism, ableism, fascism, uh, explicitly described war and war deaths, gun violence, dissociation. Typical American view of history slash founding father's glorification and major character death. Um, Basically everything you expect in a middle grade um, book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, typ mm -hmm. typical middle grade stuff. Standard yeah. fare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's always so interesting being like the English person when reading or an out reading or an analyzing a different kind of media with Americans. Because it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's really normal. I'm here just like, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not to a say bit that, of sarcasm like, in there. Yeah. <laughs> not to say that, like, English, like, the books that they like to recommend the English kids read aren't exactly full of the exact same sort of stuff, but just, you know, British yeah. colonial flavoured. Mm -hmm. But uh, it nevertheless <laughs> brings me great joy, which is how we've ended up diverting conversations for, like, ten minutes talking about food. And things like that. So. I, I think I'm, I don't know if this was I don't know that my experience growing up is that maybe maybe it's changed but as a kid um there wasn't a whole lot of attention paid to what I was reading mm -hmm. like I don't I don't know same. if I feel like especially since you know Animorphs had the that trusty scholastic stamp of approval. Um, <laughs> there just wasn't like a lot of interrogation. Um, and I love that. I mean, one of the things I think mm -hmm. is great about Applegate is that she really um, does not underestimate her audience, you know, right. and, um, and so that's brilliant. But, but yeah, I have a feeling that if some, if some images were known to the, you know, the school librarians <laughs> and, and teachers and parents at the time, maybe there would have been some questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, your parents wouldn't uh, be extremely happy to find out that you're reading books where children are regularly disemboweled. <laughs> uh. 
like, honestly, my favorite thing about the uh, Animorphs revival is that, like, it's reviving with people who are, like, in our late 20s, early 30s, some in their 40s, and the universal response has been, Jesus fucking Christ, why did anybody (laughs) let me read this? (laughs) Because, like... It's Coraline syndrome when you're a kid. Yep. Like, you, you don't get it. It's just a cool mm-hmm. romp. As an adult, it's just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things yep. hit different when you when you grow up. But yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I still had different. some pretty, like, you know, there are a couple of very specific images uh, from mm-hmm. this book that have stayed with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, like... I'm not without scars, but um, <laughs> but n- no, it was definitely it was definitely like a good time reading mm-hmm. it as a kid, and now I'm like, oh, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is yeah. I'm still I mean I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's something we've touched on before. Um, it's just sort of like it's also when you're a kid reading about other kids, you're like, oh, that's dangerous. Oh, but they survived. When you're an adult looking back at children doing it, it becomes mm-hmm. terrifying because mm-hmm. you are aware of just how young 13 is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just sort of like, oh, oh no. <laughs> no, yeah. who is letting these babies do this? Who is making yeah. these babies do this? Yeah. Our luck, the earliest. Our good friend Shannon uh, has a son who is 13, like, Jesus now. Christ on a stick. And, like... 13? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> so, like, every time I I read another one of these books and I'm like, oh, my God, they're children, I think of him and just, like, whoo, I would not trust him with this. He <laughs> like, could my... see himself in the story, you know? Yeah, but, like, <laughs> he's a good like... kid, but he is a kid. He's a kid, yeah. 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 In the yeah. same way, like, my niece uh, just turned 12. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, and I remember, like, you know, holding her when she was born, and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. And she's, yeah. like, quite precocious in her way, like, pretty got her shit together, very sensible in the sort of way that some kids are mm-hmm. sort of just like I would do anything to n- make sure you do not have to do anything like what happens to the children in these books mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but yeah it, it is that whole thing about adult horror like mentioned you met, uh, Coraline was mentioned earlier mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for kids it's scary for adults it's horrifying yep yeah But what's interesting is, you know, one of the things that um, Apple gave me sure to do in this book is remind us in a lot of these war scenes that the soldiers weren't much older than the kids anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, you know, plenty of times that it was mentioned, oh, they looked 14, 15, you know, and... but, like, even when you're, like, 13, like, 18 looks like an adult, but mm-hmm. we're all in our 30s, and we know very well no, that 18 not. is just as much of a child as 13. <laughs> yeah. Different flavor of child. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although we've add, also like... grown up with, like, a more extended childhood than maybe mm-hmm. people yeah, were true. having at that mm-hmm. point. But it's like, it's one of those things where, like, you read stories about, like, 14-year-old boys faking their age so they could go off to fight war. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, ah. No, I saw a thing on Tumblr the other day. Uh, it turns out uh, Tutankhamun, he was like 14. He liked ducks. He had ducks sewn onto his robe. Uh, there were ducks like in his like burial chamber because he was a child who liked mm -hmm. ducks. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. Yep. <sighs> yep. Okay. Uh, so, dear listener, uh, Jade and I have already gone through the plot in great detail. Um, you likely heard this, heard that two weeks ago from when you're hearing this. Uh, and so we're not going to necessarily go beat by beat here. Uh, mm -hmm. except when, uh, our dear guests feel the need to slow down and go beat by beat. Um, but we're probably still going to use the structure of the story as a guideline for the direction we talk about these things. Um, but also, like, if we bring up something that happens in the end now, that's fine. Um, spoilers, I guess? Uh, you've already listened to the book, hopefully. so. Spoilers. Very spoilers. <laughs> you've you've hopefully already been spoiled in that way yeah. of, you know, experiencing the story. Um uh, but yeah, so why don't we get started with kind of overarching vibes and then we'll dive into the beginning. So what was like your overarching feeling reading this book? Vibes rancid. <laughs> uh, no, like, uh, my overarching feeling, uh, reading this book, like, with the exception of the very beginning, which uh, y'all know how much I'm going to yell about that. Uh -huh. Um, but like, with the exception of like the very beginning, uh, overall, like, I can very much see what they are going for here. Like, mm -hmm. the entire point of this book is to drive in, not for the characters, but for the readers, that war is horrific, and not only is it horrific now for these kids who are, like, transforming to fight aliens, but it has always been horrific. There is nothing glorious, glamorous, or amazing about war. Like, mm -hmm. that is the point it is making over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can see that, like, very clearly. This is, like, the moral they were trying to yell. And, like, mm -hmm. they're, they do it, like, very well. It is not, like, you know, Aesop's fable, dump the moral on your head type shit. But, like, it is very obvious what the message is they want you to take away. It's very coherent, and, like, it's it's a very clear through line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that the, you know, I I agree about that being the message. Um, and in terms of the, the vibe, I would say it's very, um, it's very tortured, I guess is the, the best word that's coming to my mm -hmm. mind right now. Mm -hmm. um because the the kids are are kind of forced to become 
they become very unclear about whether or not they're even good, right? Mm-hmm. Or doing like, are doing the right thing. And that becomes like so complicated. So there seems to be like a, you know, also an idea that there aren't any good guys in war, you know, that like they're, there's everyone's, um, everyone finds themselves doing, doing things that they never thought they would do, you know, sort of a, a really dark insight into like their own, um, instincts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, now that I think about it, you are right about the no good guys, uh, theming. I did not catch it because uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of a very ruthless human being and uh, I try to be really nice, but, Mm -hmm. um, like, it's not something that, like, I I really thought about, but, like, you're absolutely right. It's very much a there are no good guys in war thing, and, like, you just have to do your best. I think that's partly why they they flipped that whole World War II... Eh, can't speak. Why they flipped that whole World War II thing on its head, you know? Like, Mm. they thought there was this very clear understanding of, like, at the very least, no matter what else is happening, Nazis, right? Right. (laughs) Nazis are bad. (laughs) Hitler is bad. We are on the side that is against the Nazis, right? And so they they kind of go into this, like, D-Day with, like, this mission of, like, you know, and then they realize, oh, crap. No, who are we don't exactly understand who's fighting who or why Hitler's oh here, God. but like he's just some driver mm-hmm. D- did did Rachel assassinate a tank full of like people who are like yeah are they were they Nazis or not? you know it's very um unclear and terrible to add on to the point you're making about the book very clearly and like you say to the point of almost torturing the characters um there are no good guys in war uh, to flip side i think they're also showing that there's no bad guys either mm. or the people who you are, are your enemy you don't know and that yeah. you see the face of just like it's a rather arrogant french person who still talks to you it's another child soldier it's an emblem you don't recognize it's bodies on a beach and you don't know mm-hmm. whose uniform is whose. Although in all of the conflicts that we see, in all the sides we see, we are arguably on the, I'm not going to say the good side, or they say the winning side, but the one favoured by history. The English mm-hmm. at Agincourt, Court, the allies of World War II, uh, mm-hmm. the revolutionaries and the Revolutionary War. Right. It's still humanizing that conflict in a way that like it's muddying the waters for the kids and Kaye I feel like does definitely thread that needle here and -hmm. it's so interesting that this comes after um the book where we see Cassie Mm -hmm. going yuck yeah and -hmm. experiencing the yuck ball yeah not as a starving person being held accountable by uh, an oppressive governing body, but just like, oh no, this is actually good. This is the vibe. This is actually super tight. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. I like, and it's why the books become frustrating yeah. that so often they're so flippant about having to kill Hawk, Bajir, and Taxons and Yerks 
when they also have these so much time is given to show like you are told to view your enemy a certain way mm -hmm. because it makes them easier mm -hmm. to fight but your enemy are people too mm -hmm. i think so i think this might be the first book where any of them deliberately kill a human mm. even axe who usually like he mentions in the book that you know he usually makes a point of just trying to knock out human controllers um because they don't want to kill humans but like uh tobias straight up assassinates someone uh and rachel kills a tank full of soldiers mm. and uh, you know, Axe kills the Hessian officer, at least. Probably more. Wait, does he actually kill that guy? No, I think I it's implied that he that is. Uh, I, it, to me, it's implied that he does. Mm. I don't think he'd be so d dwelling on it so much later if he hadn't. Yeah, I know, I yeah, I know he, he thinks he killed, but I'm like, I, I, I missed... Yeah, like, uh, you miss the actual blade falling, and sometimes, mm -hmm. like, the thing you almost do can haunt you mm -hmm. just as much as the thing you actually do. That's true. Do. That's true. Yeah. Because it was going to happen. It was just a oh, time yeah. jump, but like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that... You know, that conflict of kind of humanizing the enemy um, but also needing to kind of objectify the enemy in a fight it's something that mm. it's kind of this inevitable like kind of conundrum that that people end up in in war because it's very paralyzing to to realize like the full implications and to think about like who these other people are and um and that can be you know <clears throat> That's not very, that's something that does, I guess, need to be avoided in a life or death situation. I don't know, there's just a lot of, like, um, kind of push and pull between, like, knowing things are terrible, but this still kind of needs to be done because we're in the situation. Um, mm. And the, uh, you know, I guess needing to be able to, like, forgive yourself. Um, I just, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. Now I'm, I'm thinking about it. When I was reading it, especially the D-Day stuff, I was just like, why are they so, why are the kids so invested in, like, affecting a war when they they have no idea what's happening and and the even you know Mr. Four has no idea what's happening like he's he he had a plan but the the people aren't on the sides he thought and who like it's not even clear what the war is about anymore mm -hmm. um and i i just i was like i was a little well, they're that invested because they're 13. <laughs> Their brains aren't done cooking. 
But I mean, I don't know if even the people whose brains were done cooking were on the beach, you know, killing each other. (laughs) Well, like, uh, but I'm saying that's why the kids were invested in this war. Like, the people fighting in the war, like, they know what's going on. They have their reasons for being invested. But, Mm -hmm. you know, these kids, they are invested for the reasons that should apply to their timeline. Mm -hmm. And, like, they don't have, like, uh, they don't think about the fact that even though it looks like what they know, um, it is also nothing that they know because of the changes uh, Visser 4 has made. It's just not a thing that goes through their heads until, you know, they get to the point where it's like, oh, these are French and German soldiers, and what even is this symbol? What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's not until there's, there's something. Yeah, go on, salty. Please. No, just just I was just saying this. It's not until there's maximum carnage and you know, mm-hmm. there that they kind of take stock of what's you know that they don't know what's happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead. There's um there's something about like because of who these kids are because they are already have already taken on the mantle of responsibility or been forced to take on this mantle of responsibility, that when they find themselves in this situation, they are already in the mindset of fighting the good fight and sticking up for what is correct and right and noble to do so. And there is arguably something to unpack here about American exceptionalism that I won't get into, but I was watching a video essay earlier today that (laughs) put the thought in my head. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Um, it's just like, yeah. It's just Definitely. like, oh, well, we have to be involved in war because we are the smartest, the bravest, our weapons are the best, and we will be the deciding factor in this conflict because that's the American thing to do. And it's like, but when you grow up in a school system that teaches you history from that perspective, like we came mm-hmm. in and we saved the day, yep. you're taught mm-hmm. that narrative and you internalize uh-huh. it. And we see it in the books with Axe. Like, he's taught to be, he was growing up to be this soldier. And so when he talks about, like, oh, how he's expected to behave, it's no different from the certain things the kids do. It's just Axe's behavior is treated as alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's definitely no, it, the alien version of American exceptionalism. Yeah, he's, he's doing exactly the exact that. Same I mean, thing. yeah, I was going to say, oh, I'm just hitting on to K. Ka, we're seeing you now. Just like, oh, the Andalites are a critique on American military culture. Huh. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, they, yes. <laughs> the whole time, very much. The whole time, the I whole can time. hear the ghost of Izzy in the background. <laughs> uh. Anyway, all right. Shall we? Shall we start at the very beginning? All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna so... preemptively turn the volume down on Dirk. Just so <laughs> Reader, uh, you or listener, you can't see the comments that they put in the document, but uh, there are many, and they are angry. Yep. Uh, and like, I, I, I didn't like keep it up because like I stopped at a point in the book, and then like I finished the book yesterday. So there's entirely possibility that like my tone for like the last half of the book is different from the, from the beginning, but let's honestly, like, y'all know why I'm here. I am black. Uh, I think Salty is also black. Salty, you're black, mm-hmm. right? 
yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are here to have this conversation. And I'm mad about it. Uh, so, like, I have some notes on, like, the intro of the book where they talk about Melissa. And I was just, I remember being very confused as a kid. Because, fuck, mm-hmm. I was confused as an adult reading it. Like, yep. who the fuck is Melissa? And why is she here? Where is Rachel? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, did, and the thing is, is, like, I have a downloaded version. So, my first thought was, honestly... Did the person turning this into a PDF make some sort of egregious mistake? Exactly. <laughs> That's literally what happened because I was reading a, my version is like a PDF and I was like, oh no. Like, this is okay. Let me cross reference and like see what, you know, what actually was meant to be typed here. Um, uh-huh. I, I, um, as a, as a kid, I imagine, I can't, I can't really remember my emotional response to like the very first like lines but I think I was I was familiar enough with the series to kind of like go along with the ride and I was like all right fine like Mm -hmm. this is I'm I'm confused but clearly I'm supposed to be uh Mm -hmm. reading it this time I also I'm jumping ahead because where I where I am in my reread of the series is you know I it's very far behind so (laughs) There was that element of like maybe <laughs> maybe there was some change in the story I don't remember. Oh no! Um, and <laughs> thinking like, okay, whoever like scanned this and just I don't know how Rachel became Alyssa. I don't know if that like that doesn't really make right. sense visually. But I'm gonna just double check. Is that what that says? Um, and then yeah, I and then yeah, I had to be like. Oh, I do vaguely remember that there was the okay. I okay, I got you. I'm with you yeah. now. And, and Melissa have... is Chapman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Melissa Chapman. Okay. Yep. Uh, I had to check uh, Danielle and uh, Jade's notes because I was just like, okay, something has gone wrong here. Let me check their notes and see what's happening. Uh, yep. But like, also as a kid reading through, I had the double confusion because. Uh, in, you know, my baby autistic brain, I was like, oh, the Megamorphs are, like, an offshoot series, so mm. I can't read them in the cr- chronology of the regular books, so I'm gonna set those aside, read the rest of the books, I think there were, like, 20 or so, like, up to the David trilogy, mm-hmm. and, like, I read all of those, and then went back to the Megamorphs and got confused, because the baby ADHD brain had also forgotten half of what I read, and these uh-huh. books were meant to like slot in between, and I was like, "Okay, shit." Well, mm-hmm. so anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So anyway, we're we're gonna get to so like it starts with Tobias, and like he's doing like his storing over thing. Like, uh, yes, this is a war. Hell, this is shit. Uh. But it's a nice day, and then we have our stinger line. Even the slaves standing by and attending to their masters and mistresses seem to be having a good time. And, like, even as a kid, I was like, that ain't right. I I was, I thought, oh, that's an excellent, like, kind of cinematic way to end the, um, <laughs> to end mm-hmm. the opening. Mm-hmm. chapter to kind of like in case you weren't sure 
what um because you you don't know actually at that point nothing's everything seems to be pretty normal tobias and his like romance with thermals there was that one little Melissa moment, but you're like, uh, was that a type? Like, again, I'm sort of like, maybe that was mis- incorrect. Maybe they, I don't really understand. Maybe Melissa is someone we're going to, there's a new Melissa that we're going to meet. Right. Like, that we're going to do like a three months earlier kind of transition. Like, who knows? But in case you're, in case you're not really clear, um, we, we end on that line, even the slaves. I'm like, I, I actually wrote like, damn, excellent WTF line. Yeah. Like, uh, thematically, it's like a very good line. Mm-hmm. And like, if they had done better, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been fabulous. But they yeah. did not do better. Yeah, I can't say it. I, I can't say whether it lives up to that. You know, like, um, what, what, we're not speaking about what happens next, but just that little snippet of like, whoa. Yeah. Also, just before we move on, I, I had a question about, um, uh, in Tobias's section, like towards the end when he's saying he's talking about like their powers and he says, um, they have the power to absorb the essence, what mm-hmm. X calls DNA. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I saw that. Like, is that another clue? Because I'm yeah. like, don't, don't yeah. we all call it? Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. With their five yeah, TV get... channels. Uh... Yeah. yeah, I was like... I, we, we, we get the line later about, like, how the technology is further mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense yeah. that, like, DNA wouldn't be, like, a thing, like, taught to kids. Got it, yeah, okay. In school, if, if people are aware of it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, that was definitely a moment when I read it. It was just like, hmm. Make <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they start, the, the, the clues start coming thicker as at, towards the end. That, that's good. But I, that was just that, that one moment where I was like, not clear, because it seemed a little subtle to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we go on to a shift in perspective. Jake. And, mm. and Jake is the worst for no reason. Yeah. Like, I just, okay. My, the main th- thing I, I have with this whole, you know, alternate reality thing is like, do you, do we believe that, that people are entirely a product of their like environment are are there qualities that are like relatively constant mm-hmm. i just i feel like i'm uh, that- i'm very angry at the way they've changed in mm-hmm. ways that seem very like antithetical to like mm-hmm who they are and like the mission of being animorphs at all like <laughs> and like I know, what I'm with, I agreed, yeah, agreed. So, I just I, I think it was I think it went a little a little too hard um but okay sorry I'm yeah oh back no on. it's uh, no no you're good go ahead Dirk oh sorry uh what I was gonna say is that like Nature versus nurture is uh, something I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in just like trying to understand like people and just in general mm-hmm. and like a thing like we don't really think about is that like uh nobody's gonna want to hear you say it but like uh you train kids like mm-hmm. from the time they are capable of communicating with you in mm-hmm. any fashion even if it's just crying like you are training kids on how to be a person and yeah. something my dad said is if you want to see how you look look in a mirror if you want to see how you talk look at your kids because kids pick up on things and they listen to things and they notice things and like yes in you know the canon timeline jake is a nice guy who tries to like keep his emotions in check and tries not to be too large but like also like he is in a society uh and uh presumably has been raised by people who uh would want to instill in him you know do not be the sort of person who is gonna be a fucking bully whereas Mm -hmm. in this alternate timeline like he is coming up like in a way where that's not gonna apply and like honestly if rachel had been the slave owner in this uh section i would have had absolutely no objection not because of what the story is or what the alternate timeline is but because of like the outsider perspective of like reading this as you know somebody who is not from this timeline and knowing that is a very like that is a not a good decision to have made happen mm-hmm. wait why why is why would rachel have been a better because rachel's white but jake's and- white Oh, you're saying, oh, you mean instead yeah. of Cassie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I like switch topic a little bit talking about Jake and then to Rachel. But like, because like, uh, it is purely because Cassie is like the black character being a slave owner that uh, I'm just like deeply, you know, frustrated by this mm-hmm. because it's uh, like, and I know why they did it. It's because, you know, Cassie is you know the heart of the team she is the one who cares about people and yada 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 but like also this was a bad decision on their part yeah yeah i i get that you know i maybe part of what they're going for is you know slavery happened differently it happened um for uh because of because of whatever Vista 4 has changed the nature of like um why slavery started and where it started and and all of that has like shifted um but i think this kind of falls into a trap that i think sometimes like speculative fiction gets trapped in a lot where they're like what if Right, we did this like really interesting twist, mind blown, where like the, instead of instead of the white person, it's the black person, just for mm-hmm. like, right? And it's like you, yes, you're. There's mm-hmm. a attempt at kind of shock value, but it feels yeah. it feels a little cheap. Um, yep. and also mm-hmm. it's just too. Cassie, I think, is someone who like, not to, not to invoke like 
like Marvel stuff, but I feel like she she's kind of the equivalent of like a Nexus being, right? Like she would be someone who because every everything mm-hmm. about her is the same in terms of her care for animals, in terms of her yeah. like she's she's not in she's not okay with this with this war and the the yeah. the, the jungle situation that we'll get to. Um and but somehow she owns slaves and you know whatever and i'm like i i don't it doesn't make any sense i just don't buy that yeah and like the only thing like i can like kind of a little bit see is like she is 13 so Mm -hmm. she does not like have the actual social power to dismiss these slaves and tell them you are free now you don't have to work for us so well, no, like, that's the problem. Isn't that that uh, technically her parents own the slaves, but that she she does not yeah. seem to have any objection mm-hmm. to the situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Which is yeah. weird. Yeah, well, like, Jake's. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just uh, gonna say it is weird that she does not seem to have an objection to the slave situation, and Jake is like. Oh, you know, she's very soft on her slaves, mm-hmm. and yes. like, am I gonna have to turn her in? Sorry, I like preempted your point, but like, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I, I said much of uh, a lot of this this similar stuff in our, mm-hmm. our previous recording, so the listeners have already heard my voice saying this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh. it's just it, it is it is weird, and it is bad and yeah like the way they uh they talk about cassie's slave like the particular one in the barn Mm -hmm. um is like oh she's deaf and like cassie claims this girl is reasonably smart in spite of being deaf and like it's talking about slaves may not be as bright as regular people but that doesn't mean they can't talk like motherfucker (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot it's a lot it's a lot uh-huh and again i i get that like this is like doubling down on the point that they are supposed to be making but like also yeah it's the 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 thing that i kind of came down to when i talked about this with jade is um you know uh to salty's point that it's meant it brings up the question of nature versus nurture in a way that is bad because yeah. it's you are saying that you know if circumstances are slightly different Cassie and Cassie's parents are the kind of people who would own slaves mm-hmm. right like yeah. it it and and yes like the environment that you grew up in has a very big impact on that because, you know, if it's just part of society as a whole, then, you know, that's a thing. But also, there were people who didn't own slaves when slavery was a was thing. A thing. <laughs> like, people can recognize right from wrong. And yeah. and just having Jake be like, oh, yeah, you know, she treats her slaves better than other people treat their slaves. Like, Ew. that's not... <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not the same. Even in this reality there is still some level of marginalization of people of color. Yes. Because um, Jake says something about, like, 
um, black people and, and, mm-hmm. and Jewish people being likely to like be radical, right? So yes. like, there's even more room that they that was built into this ultimate mm-hmm. reality for Cassie and her family to not be this yeah one. yeah yeah and uh something else that like really annoys me mm-hmm. is like slavery uh as a concept is not new there was slavery like in fucking Jesus's time Roman times mm-hmm. all of that However, the type of slavery that happened in America is a very specific type of slavery that did not exist before and is part of the reason uh, why they were able to get so many people because there was slavery in Africa. It was like debt slavery or things like that. But like uh, these people they were bringing to America were under the impression that like you know uh yeah i'll work for you know 5 years maybe 10 then you know i will be set free and i can go live my life in this brand new country that everybody's discovering and and then they got turned into livestock like they 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 find that they are livestock in a way that like they could not have anticipated because that is not how slavery was done in their uh, region, in their tribe. And it's just mm-hmm. like, like even that was something that K.A. could have done. Uh, but I, I get why it had to be American slavery. But anyway, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. I totally no. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like excited to jump in on this point because I think that um, it is important um Whoa, my my brain is like going in so many different directions. Okay, so I think that I think part of what you're what you're getting at is in this version of reality where Cassie and her family own slaves. It's sort of like saying slavery isn't really a racial issue. It's something mm-hmm. that anyone in the in the right or wrong, however you want to look at it, set of circumstances could like see themselves benefiting from instead of instead of really honoring the fact that slavery like the the chattel slavery that happened in terms of like the transatlantic slave trade was inherently racial and racist Mm -hmm. there there is not a way to divorce white supremacy from this version of slavery where people were they were considered because of their because of their ethnicity to be rightfully in this place um and that that like was a status that wouldn't change um in terms of you know the the terms of like um what what people who were enslaved were were believing as they as they you know left um africa I I have a feeling this is not something that I um have researched very thoroughly to be honest but I based on what I know about the voyage I feel like uh, I feel like they cotton oh that's a not a term on these right now. I feel like they gathered fairly quickly yeah. that this was not um 
Yeah. It was not going to be a, a situation that was humane or... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then, like... Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, did you have more? Nope. Okay. Because I'm looking at, like, the one positive note I have for this <laughs> entire section. <laughs> uh, so, like, Cassie's slave girl is deaf, and there is, like, a note that, like, when Cassie speaks to her, she enunciates very clearly. And, like, uh, I do appreciate that particular nod, but then, like, they just, like, backtrack it by, like, <laughs> addressing the way she speaks. And, like, I've heard how people who are deaf, uh, but can, are capable of speaking, uh, English, uh, speak. And, like, they have an accent because they can't hear what, uh, the language sounds like. And, like, they can practice. And, like, basically, what I can tell is this is someone who is deaf, who has learned how to speak, but has not had a chance to practice that. And, like... Obviously, not all deaf people have to, like, speak to be respected, uh, but the ones who do choose to and who do choose and have the ability to practice, uh, like, uh, this is just bullshit. Well, I, I, well, one thing is, um, she's actually, like, hard of hearing. They say she's mostly deaf. So it seems like, um... The, you know I, that part is I mean we're not given uh, of course a whole lot of um, a whole lot of backstory for September what's her name? September 12th September 12th 12. September 12. Um, mm. but there they're, but they're, there's, it seems to be that um, yeah that she's not she's not completely deaf but would would um, be described as hard of hearing. Yeah. Which honestly makes it even worse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I'm sorry. I'm confused. What um, you mean in terms of the way her speech has been written out or that too, but like in terms of the way they are treating uh, her uh, ability to speak and like um, just like, uh, cause like if someone is deaf and like, uh, they make the effort to learn how to speak, uh, I I don't know why, but like to me it feels, uh, worse if it is someone who is hard of hearing because it's one of those, uh, I'm not quite good enough feels. It it it's like one of those vibes where like she's not quite deaf so she's almost sort of okay and like it's just i i I don't know Um, yeah i think the disability is why she's a slave Mm -hmm. yeah um so the so yeah i mean there's like this is yeah i mean that and that that's part of the that's kind of what we the characterization of her is that she's like almost a person right um she's she's almost as smart she almost is as articulate she can almost hear but mm-hmm. she doesn't she doesn't make the cut and that's why she's like in this sort of lowly status and somehow 
Cassie, who in every other way still seems to be like a humanitarian, still seems to be black in a world where that means something, is like, uh, you know, while she while she feels some sympathy for September 12, she's not particularly moved um, by her slave status. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, uh, I'm, like, obviously kind of going through it, like, how it would be in the book, because, uh, like Danielle said at the top, I'm using, like, the book as a scaffold, whatever. So there is, um, like, one brief moment where, like, they're joking around about, like, Mark was gonna have to go to the prom with his mom, and, like, that made me bleed for a second, because, <laughs> oh, this is a world in which his mom is still part of his life. Fuck. Yep. Uh, but then, like, like Jake is, like, talking down on Axe, not understanding what a prom is or why it's funny to have your mom as a date. And then there's a particular line, he's not one of us, so what can you expect? And I'm just, like, so furious. Because, like, fucking teach him if you fuck, it's not that difficult a concept. Okay? Well, this is also (laughs) this is also giving us, like, they were really trying to drive home the fact that that Jake is not the Jake that we know. And and at every turn, he's finding these ways to kind of create an us us versus them. Um, Mm What I don't understand, okay, so right after that, when you get this moment of like he's not he's not one of us, like this sort of um you know everyone who's different is 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 inferior, so might as well just you know who cares what they know um uh, right after that, we learn that he's in touch with the chi, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm very curious about how <laughs> like how the chi feel about. Yeah, yeah. force in this reality, and like, um, because yeah. they're completely separate from Earth's timeline in terms of you know. So mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, how how does that work? Right. Yeah. Because like, Eric ha- would have to be like, I'm sorry, like I'm a pacifist and everything, and but you're like you're the worst, like. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have to come up at some point (laughs) right and then there's like the thought of like how did they even like connect with the chi why would the chi have even trusted them (laughs) it's it's one of those things where if you you start pointing out just how fragile a concept is because it's like oh well if this is the case what does this mean what does this mean what does this mean what does this mean it's sort of just like oh you didn't think yeah. this through you just wanted to and that feels like again it almost like like uh it was said earlier like danielle and i said when we first spoke about the book it's like what will be the most jarring to the readers to make him go things are so wrong it's mm-hmm. not meant to be like examined it feels like <laughs> because otherwise it just falls apart under the weight of the world's own logic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on top of things that have been well established Mm -hmm. i mean also as you've said that it just made me think about just like oh is this this is almost you could squint and see this is calling out the fact that the chi never tried to uh Uh get their pacifism unlocked with all the wars that have already happened 
We know that Eric was in Egypt and helped build the pyramids, Mm -hmm. for example. And the fact that the kids don't spend enough time teaching acts about human society. Mm -hmm. They just give him books and leave him to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. a point I raised yep. in the yeah. document is it feels like this alternate reality, if we uh, graciously ignore the massive misstep that was making uh, one of the only two characters of color, specifically the black girl of the group, the slave owner, we're sort of just like, okay, let's take everything that's already bad and just dial it up to 11 this is the worst version (laughs) of america this is the worst version of all of our characters Mm -hmm. what pisses me off about the characterization here is tobias is just dating somebody different because as we find out rachel Uh is just being reprogrammed marco is exactly the same yeah Yeah. is is rachel why those choices interchangeable like yeah i hate it Mm, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, like yeah. The just like there. Rachel's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. that bugs me. Like Tobias doesn't have to be dating Melissa in this reality. He could be pining mm-hmm. for his girlfriend stuck in a reprogramming, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, but it's but like the choice is made her, to but... focus. Just, uh, well, sure, yeah. but the yeah. choice is made of okay. It was like Dirk was saying, just like they could have made Marco. Like the say the slave owning character, and again we run into problems because like the treatment of Mexicans in the United States isn't exactly fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that he comes from a very affluent family and things right. like that. Or mm-hmm. before his mum died in the original timeline, mm-hmm. one could maybe make that connection and see how a worse version of Marco could be in that place. Mm-hmm. Right, especially since but the- he is mixed, and like mm-hmm. y- yeah. you see it very frequently, like with kids who are half black, and like sometimes you have conversations with these kids, and you're just like, "Oh, honey, your parents should not have said or done any of that," and I know mm. you don't realize that, uh, and you don't want to think about it too hard because they are your parent. Or, you know, they're going, but, so, hey, yeah. I finally figured out that this shit my parent was doing should not have been a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so. there's, like, the variations in which, and it's obviously a trope that needs to be put away with all the other shit that we're still trying to shake in our media as a result of menstrual So, But, like, the whole the tragic mulatto thing about being a mixed race, mm-hmm. in, specifically mm-hmm. in this instance, a, a mixed race black person. And it's just, like, as good, the choice is made. I see why they were made. It's just like, you could have made a better one. And it's mm-hmm. frustrating mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you could absolutely have like done a whole lot. Like Jake was already like, do we need to report Cassie? It totally could have mm-hmm. been, you know, Cassie is uh, working uh, with her parents' slave. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's an older slave uh, from, who's like uh, older than her parents who's just sort of been with the family and mm-hmm. it's like uh, you know not uh setting her out into the world because you know she's been a slave her whole life where the fuck is she going to go mm-hmm. as opposed to another kid their age where it's like obviously this is a new slave that was uh, like uh, mm-hmm. garnered in you know her lifetime in her parents lifetime and it's just 
There are ways this could have been done. It could have even been, you know, Cassie's family doesn't have slaves. They're weird like that, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, and that then have the conversation been better. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then have the cold conversation about the primitives to mm-hmm. like juxtapose that. Because they're all yeah. very blasé about, you know, the so-called primitives down in South Africa. And, South um, America, yeah. South America. Oh, South America, right? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like, yeah. The, the points they were trying to make could have been made um, more effectively without shitting all over, what, 30 books at this point of characterization. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. it's like, yeah. Exactly. Especially they when love, this isn't this a ghost-written loves- book. Yeah, mm-hmm. the series loves exposition. And it's, it, like we could have, you yeah, no, we love a good exposition that. dump. We get it; <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Like yeah. hell, you put Melissa in the group. Make Melissa the person doing it. Yeah, right? she. Chapman's, Chapman's were totally on slave. Yeah, the Chapman's absolutely, would. absolutely. <laughs> and so, like, it feels like again, just about just like I don't like, and I feel like as a child, it would have bugged me because like. My autistic ass has been obsessed with characterization since I was a kid. Like, I care less about plots. I care more about characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you could have and made it, so many slight, just slightly different things. And it because makes no sense. No, it doesn't. I, I understand like, nature what versus nurture. Bullshit. I understand what, like, what you're saying about how, mm. how it doesn't stand up to a lot of uh like you know examination a lot of like you know time travel really doesn't but and alternate realities Mm -hmm. and things fall apart but it's just it's so surface level what's wrong here uh it doesn't make sense that they're fighting yurks but okay with slavery like it yeah no no it doesn't and they (laughs) and it's not just that they're young because they grapple with these concepts all the time about like consent when it comes to taking over bodies about Mm -hmm. you know are we are we sinking to the level of like the you know the evil aliens or you know and we were trying to fight for humans but humans aren't all good and like they they've already had those like complicated you know conversations and 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 dilemmas so it's just it's just uh, it's it's too much Mm. doesn't yeah and it's like and my brain's literally just spinning on this i know we have to get out of the prologue and all (laughs) at some point um well this is what we were here to yell about that that, well yeah um but there is something to be said about like if you want to make a worse version of jake and it is incredibly easy to do like okay Mm -hmm. so you need somebody overbearing a bit holier than thou that's so easy to make a jackass version of Mm -hmm. (laughs) look Mm -hmm. at fucking every shitty leader in a superhero movie (laughs) like Uh it's really easy to get that characterization without going wannabe supreme leader ready to sell out the girl he likes in the main Mm -hmm. timeline who says like Mm -hmm. oh yeah but i'm a good jew not like all those jews over there who are shady Uh... af like it's gross and it's Mm -hmm. clumsy and it does a disservice and i think that's why it makes it it makes me angry because, mm-hmm. like, why have these characters like they are at all in the main timeline if you're just going to do this for a throwaway bit? Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, it, like, honestly, uh, like, 
uh, Salty was talking about, you know, possibly Marco being uh, the slave owner. Because, like, the worst version of Marco, uh, not even just, like, related to the slave uh, ownership, but, like, the worst version of Marco would have been so interesting to see in this timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, like, the worst version of Cassie, uh, mm -hmm. who is just, like, uh, oh, yeah, the primitives, I mean, who gives a fuck about them, would have been so interesting to see. Like, the worst versions of the characters would have been fabulous to see. These are not the worst versions of the characters. These are different characters with the same fucking names. <laughs> I won't keep the credit for the... I didn't actually um, oh, speculate sorry. about Marco being a slave owner, but I I, I think that... Um, the, I think that would have been um it wouldn't have been it would have been less bad than than choosing Cassie um but I just I feel like it's not a great move to make the character of color a slave owner in general I just feel like that yeah, was yeah. just a cheap mm -hmm. shot yeah. and it's not yeah. Um, yeah, you're right but I okay are we, is that, are we, are we moving on <laughs> yeah. from the... I'll just yeah. make the quick point just to add on to what Salty was just saying before we move on about how <laughs> these books are really bad at recognizing their characters of color as characters of color. Full stop. Yeah. We've talked in previous episodes about how, um, how it's very colorblind and it was very the thing in the 90s and where the books so often fall down is like mm. made by making flippant jokes and things like that, that if you took a second to unpack, like Salty just made the time to do so there, why isn't maybe a good idea to have that character do that? Or the mm -hmm. implications of having a, that character do that. Mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah. We and can move we, we on. Yeah, mm. later in the book, like uh, towards the end, when uh, somebody calls Cassie an and I was just like, uh, I, I put a note there, like, if I open the book to this page to read this line, I would go, this book was not written by a black person, uh, or anybody who had spoken to black people, because it is not forbidden for us to say it. It would be great if, just for this conversation, we could just keep it the N-word. Uh, sorry, yeah? But I, there, I think overall... Yes, there is definitely kind of like a colorblind, like Captain Planet kind of vibe to the, this assembly of characters. But there are moments when Applegate tries to engage with some with some of um, what's coming to mind of the invasion and how um, mm. the pol there's a there's this police officer kind of suspicious. He hones in on Cassie much more than the other Animorphs, and there's a difference in how the police officer communicates with Cassie versus Rachel. And um, I thought that was a very, like, it was, it was sort of like a, you have to know to look for it. If you have to already understand in order to see what she's put in, what, what, you know, Applegate's kind of putting down with those. And there's, and there's a moment, a scene in Marco book. And um, at one point they morph lobsters and there is a scene where he and Jake and Axe are at the mall because they insist on bringing Axe to the mall, even though that never ends well. And 
there's a um a moment where Marco understands there's like security at the mall security that are sort of like possibly controllers and kind of coming their way and Marco is the one who tells Jake like you're not supposed to run you're not supposed to like mm-hmm. do anything that can come off as like aggressive or suspicious and he has that wisdom already not because he's you know fighting fighting Yerks but because he's already had that I imagine yeah. that meant he'd already about how he looks to law enforcement and security and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are absolutely, you're right to, to bring attention to those. There are absolutely instances where you can see that thought has been put in, but it definitely feels like something that's picked up, go, okay, here we go. We're doing the thing. And then they put it back. It feels yeah. more like not full on special episode territory, but those moments when they work between. are so good. Exactly mm-hmm. that. Just I wish they were more often and those moments of care were applied the whole time, not just in these good little moments where you go, yes, love mm-hmm. that. And not casual jokes where Rachel tells Marco the only thing he'll be good for is being a gardener for rich people. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, also speaking to that... Um, so when I first started listening to Escafil Files, uh, way back at the beginning, one of the first books, uh, Cassie gets uh, picked up by cops. Uh, and in the book, uh, she describes it as like, yeah, I look weird, uh, yada, yada. And like something that stuck out to me listening to Jade and um, Danielle talk about it is that it was weird to them that she got picked up. Uh, whereas, you know, me, uh, like, even when I was a kid reading the book, I distinctly remember thinking, oh, yeah, of course they pick her up because she's a black girl looking weird. Like, I didn't have the thought she's a black girl uh, walking around with no shoes looking weird, but it was just very not surprising to me that, like, she sees the cops, she's walking around looking weird, and the cops pick her up, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, Yes, of course, this makes sense. Of course, this is what is going to happen. So, but, um, they don't, in that book, it's not really, like, addressed. And uh, Cassie has no concern or wariness towards the cops. Because, obviously, like, being a black girl is a little different than being a black guy. It's not as scary, uh, especially when you're very young. But, like, anyway, so my point is, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I was uh, ending that sentence because I didn't have the uh, rest of that sentence. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh... I, I do that. I do that all the time where I'm like, someone interrupt now because <laughs> I'm trailing off on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I understand that, um... It it just seems it's very inconsistent when there is an acknowledgement of like how race plays into this. And but the moments when it happens, it's 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 really interesting. It's nice to feel seen. Um but it it, it you know, it doesn't it doesn't last. Um yeah. but, you know, what I mean <sighs> there yeah, are a lot of a... conversations that's happened since these books were published. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's important to keep that in mind too. Yeah, yeah. they they are well-meaning white liberals. Uh, yeah, um, in the nineties. In the nineties, where <laughs> you know, uh, like Jade mentioned, color blindness mm-hmm. it was the thing um, mm-hmm. for well-meaning white liberals. Uh, I think. Um, I think what Jade said uh, kind of hits it for me is just like there are these moments that show that they can pay this the attention that it needs Mm -hmm. and it just feels like they only pick it up when they want to make some tiny little point or or they accidentally Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. it right Um, or they want to raise the stakes right yeah Right. And but they don't they're not consistent about it. And they're very clearly just not thinking about it a majority of the time. Yeah.